Welcome back, everybody. It is time for Mission Daily, which we actually only do weekly, but that's okay. The name of the show is the name of the show, even though we only do this weekly now. But you think about it daily. That's why it's called. You think about it daily. These concepts. I think about it daily. Exactly. (laughs) That's why it is what it is. Joining me, my name is Albert Chow. Joining me is the boss lady, Stephanie Postles, and she's about to embark on something. You've done it before. How, How many times have you done it? One time. She's done it one time. Okay. Well, she's about to go off and put on like giant angel wings and play in the dust like a chinchilla for a couple days. She's off to Burning Man. She's not there yet. For those of you who don't know, Burning Man is a music festival, but it's supposed to be more than that, although I don't know what it's supposed to be other than that. In the middle of the desert, they build a giant wood stick, dude. They set it on fire, and it's on fire for the whole time. And people live in these tents and huts like bums. Oh, my God. And they're covered in dust. They stink to all get out. And, like, huge acts play. Uh, They see big music acts. Some of the best, biggest and best acts in the world will play. And I'm starting the day with this topic because Stephanie is – can I say your age? Yep. She's 33. She's the mother of three children. And as a personal – my side of the story is I've been to many a festival, uh, loved them when I was younger. But something happened where I crossed over. I'm like, I don't want to ever go to one again. But Stephanie's 33. She's still going. And I, so we got to ask, why is she doing this? Stephanie, talk to me. Did my, First of all, let's start here. Was my description of Burning Man accurate? Uh, I would say 10% of it was accurate. 100% <laughs> accuracy, tent city, chinchilla life. 10% of the time, it was accurate 100% of the time. Damn. So, yeah, that's how that felt, that intro. Um, yeah, I actually We'll give just... your interpretation of events then. Yeah, okay. First of all, Burning Man. Yes, I've never, I have not been, really been to many festivals. That was not my thing growing up. Um, and so I didn't get that experience like you did. And so I'd say Burning Man was my first real experience, but I don't even know if I would call it a festival. I mean, it's 80,000 people in the that's desert. A it's a lot of people. <laughs> it's a lot of people. And they're essentially making kind of like a city in the desert with nothing. But it's not just music that's out there. I mean, there is really good music. I mean, so many good DJs, you're like, why Like, why are you even out here? Like people that you wouldn't even think would be out in the desert with a whole DJ stand and they're on this big art car and it's moving around. So the mu- music is insane, um, but it's also an art festival, like the most beautiful, crazy art, interactive art. I mean, and I don't even really appreciate art. If someone would be like, hey, do you want to go to art museum? I'd be like, pass. No, thank you. That's not really, yeah, that's not really my thing. But out in the this desert, I mean, imagine coming up on these structures that literally got popped up in a week that you can interact with that are like really beautiful, like wood structures that you can maybe climb on. Or one thing had like swings on it, swings that were just going around in the air and you literally had to like jump on it. And it would fly you through the air, and then you jump off. So, like, different kinds of art that did have meaning behind it, and you read, like, what this artist was thinking, but also things that you could play with, climb on, look at sounds, um, moving art, like things that are built on cars out in the desert. They're just moving around all throughout the day that people are driving. And so it's, like, a whole different kind of experience. So, And then you have the camps where everyone's staying. So imagine it's, like, you have all these people staying in this – my hand. It's in, like, a circle – and then on the outside, it's called the playa, and that's where all the artwork is. That's where all the DJs are. The playa. The, the playa. beach. There ain't no water. 
no water. Um, although that tropical storm just came and apparently like dumped rain on there. And now there might be roses in the desert popping. Okay. Up. So, okay. But yeah, so just this experience, I mean, I had heard about it a lot when I was at Google. Of course, everyone at Google, you know, Sergey and Larry, they have their camps. Everyone there goes. It's such a big thing. Um, and I was always a no when I was out there. And people would be like, yo, you got to come to Burning Man with us. And I'd be like, mm, no thanks, because it just seemed like not my vibe. Then I moved to Austin and a bunch of women like me with kids, with businesses, families, they're like, hey, Seth, you got to come to Burning Man. And I feel like because I resonated with them and their life, I was like, okay, if you're telling me this is cool and you're very similar to me in a lot of ways and you're leaving your family for six to seven days, no cell phone signal. Like you literally cannot get cell phone signal. So if you have a problem while I'm gone, it's up to you, Albert. Do okay. die. <laughs> like you can't get signal. And that was what had me want to experience it last year. And then after I experienced it last year, I was like, I'm going to go every year for as long as possible. Okay, so I do have definitely – that is a big misconception I have. There's not um, – so I'm on the website right now as you were talking, kind of trying to look for what you were talking about. And I could easily find what you were talking about, the arts, the structures, stuff like that. But mm -hmm. I could not find the acts. Uh, they don't put the acts front and center that are playing it. So mm -hmm. you, you had corrected me right away that said it's not really a music festival. Yeah. and. Although music is part of the experience. Is that right? Yes. Music is definitely part of the experience. And when you're there, you can find self-organized lists of like someone like me being like, hey, I think these people are playing in these locations at this time. But it feels very unofficial. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the good thing about it because, I mean. Okay. I so this to me makes it even weirder. So there's not <laughs> like a set bunch of acts to see. Uh, I mean, I didn't find any. I, mean, I found, like I said, one-off people with their list. Maybe there are, but I just didn't see any of that. And it would be more, you'd be out with your friends, riding on your bike, literally like kids in a bike club, nowhere to go. And all of a sudden you hear like a really good DJ and it's like off in the distance where you can't even barely see it. You're like, huh? Like I hear something. And then you just start driving that way. And then you get there and it's Diplo and you're like, oh my God, Diplo's in the desert. And like, that's how we were finding our acts. And then sometimes on the lineups that we would find, oh, Rufus DeSoul is playing. We would go out to where they were saying, and it was a prank. He actually wasn't there. So I don't know. It was, to me, it feels like more of just going with the flow when it comes to the music acts for me. And maybe for people, it's way more important where they're really trying to figure out who's playing at what time. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was just like going with the flow and going with the vibe and being like, oh, that sounds fun over there. Let's go there. And sometimes it'd be something. And sometimes you're like, mm, okay, let's move on and go somewhere else and so it's it's very just adventurous and yeah but not all about the music that's just like a piece of it okay so i was um i stand corrected on that well so then but straight up like now i'm even more confused of why i go seriously <laughs> I, I don't so what do you i guess what do you get out of it yeah so well one the people that you go with i mean we go and we're in a camp so our camp is like 150 people and yeah. so when you're you know, basically camping. I mean, last year we were in an RV. This year we're going to be in like a glamping tent with air conditioning. When you're camping with a group of people, you, I mean, you end up like family afterwards with, a, you know, quite a few of them. And so like my deepest connections here in Austin are actually from Burning Man last year. Like my closest friends are ones that I met last year in our camp and just stayed connected with because our whole camp is like an Austin camp. And so one, just the connections and not having outside, 
you know, the world pulling you into other things. Like you're just focused on just having fun, being with your friends and having a good time. But the other thing that's interesting is there's no money exchanged while you're out there. So you literally can't pay for anything. Um, everything is, they call it a barter system, but actually half the time you're just, the majority of the time what I experience is people just giving you stuff as you're going out. And so imagine you're riding around these different camps, all these different camp structures, all very different depending on the camp and how much money they have. I mean, Elon Musk had a camp out there last year and it was like crazy big and chefs and kitchens and all this kind of stuff. And then our camp was definitely a lot more, just a bunch of RVs pulled up together in one little shade structure. But we did get invited to go eat at Elon's camp because I think they were like, oh, we feel bad for these people. We have extra food. Come over and eat. But you're, you have all these camps and as you're riding by, everyone's just trying to give you things. And it's just all out of just, it feels like a very loving environment where they don't want anything from you. And for me, it was very helpful when it came to just like rewriting my story around humanity. I think I'd become pretty pessimistic from, you know, just events that have been happening to us recently and just being like, man, people always feel like they want something. There's never just like someone just trying to just be kind and going out there. It definitely had me change my perspective on humanity because people are there were just giving, giving, giving. So imagine you're riding around and you're like, geez, it's like fucking hot out here billion degrees and i don't even know if i'm gonna make it back to my tent like i literally might just melt right here and then all of a sudden someone comes out and they're like hey we're the popsicle camp do you guys want to come over and get popsicles and you're like yes i do everything's a yes whereas like in the real world everything is normally a no for me if someone came up to me you know downtown be like hey do you want a popsicle Ugh, no <laughs> i don't like everything's a no but out there it's like everything's like yeah sure why not and so you go over there you get the thing and they're like have a nice day get back on your bike you're riding around again and then someone else comes out and they're like hey we're the camp from israel like we have yeah a bunch of different teas and snacks and treats and like we're spritzing people with rose water do you want to come and sit it's got all these like couches and fans and all this stuff and you just go and sit people are bringing you stuff and they're like there you go and then you're like thanks and you just go on your way and so all these people just gifting things like each camp has a different gift that they're giving out and you're not giving anything for it it's just like your presence and you're going there and you're sitting down with people from all over the world. I mean, people from all different ages, from 20s up to like 80. And everyone's there and just hearing these stories of people who've literally traveled travel from all over the world to come here and how long they've been doing it. And so, yeah, it's just a connection and like just seeing people in the most loving state. And I'm sure there's experiences that maybe are not always that. I just didn't experience that. I really just saw some really kind people. I mean, this one woman, she was 74. And she was like, hey, do you all want to come over in my camp for a minute and check out something I have? And we were like, okay, okay sure, we'll come. And so we go into her camp, into her tent, and she has hundreds of pieces of handmade pottery with a little like Bernie Man guy on the back. And all this pottery, and she's like, I made this for you guys. I made it for, you know, as many people who can stop by and get some. And just gives us these really beautiful pieces of pottery that she worked all year on. And... Like every time I look at this little pottery that's holding a flower of mine, I'm like, I think of this woman who literally worked all year just to create it, to like give it away. So that's a very short example of like, it's very different than just music festival. That's a piece, but it's more about the community, like the kind the people that are out there, the kindness. Um, and that when you go out there, everything that you need will be met. Like things will be taken care of in a way that you don't even see. When I talk about manifesting on here, like that's a place where you're like, can think about something and all of a sudden it just pops up where you're like, man, I could really go for like lunch right now. 
and I'm really far away from my camp, and my camp doesn't even really have food. And then all of a sudden, this one, like, whole group comes out, and like, hey, we're pulling together lunch right now, like, some Ayurvedic meal that'll be all the nutrients that you need. Do you want to come in and eat with our camp? And okay, sure. And so that's the kind of experiences of what is so magical about it that I had not, have not experienced anywhere else. Um, yeah, it's just like that community. So would you describe yourself, curiously, would you describe yourself as introverted or extroverted? Well, I mean, you know me pretty well. I think well, I, I don't can, know because I, I, we, we, I pretty much only know you in a work environment. But whenever you do tell stories of like your uh, social or uh, fun stuff, you do yeah. sound quite extroverted. I would say I can be. Well, let's see. For this company, I can be extroverted. Like I can push myself to be extroverted when it's needed, and then I need time to recoup and like rest up and get my me time. And because um, sometimes when I'm with a lot of people, I feel like my energy can be more depleted than others um, where they get filled up by being around people. And in this experience, I feel like I kind of shift into someone that's a bit more extroverted because you're around all these people who are doing the same thing. I mean, the whole point is to go out in the desert and be the fullest expression of you, whatever that means. And so you will see women coming out there who are super shy, who are just like all of a sudden like fully themselves and excited and confident and just wearing things that make them feel amazing. And you're like, I know you in the real world. Like, that's not how I've ever seen you. And so when you see people like that, you witness people like really coming out of their shell, it also pulls something out in me that's like, oh yeah, okay, I can, like being extroverted actually makes this experience more fun. Connecting with more people is what makes this whole experience, not just being on my own. And then after a week of doing that, I might go home and be like, and I'm gonna be by myself for three days and just, <laughs> just me and the kids and nothing. And like no stimulation, no TV, no nothing, just quiet with the kids, hanging out with them. Uh, so yeah, I think I, I go in waves. It just depends on like what the environment is. When I listen to you, so I always try to say like, hey, you know, different people do different things for fun, 100%, you know? But like this to me, as someone who, you know, maybe I'm older or curmudgeon or whatever, but <laughs> meeting this many people would drive me insane. I don't like <laughs> Well, you don't have to. I don't think you, you know have I mean? to meet that many well, people. That's really up to you if you want to. I mean, you could just stay with like, if you just went with like two of your buddies, it could just yeah. be you guys, like literally going out and finding music sets and like going and looking at artwork in the morning or whatever, like going out and driving the desert and just like doing your own thing. So you can have whatever you want out there. Yeah. I'm just yeah. around people like, you know, my partner, Jeremy, who's very extroverted and just like loves talking to everyone. And so I think when I'm in that environment, I can pull that out in me too, which yeah. for me, I think it's helpful for me to get into that place more often when I'm in those experiences because... I can shy to just being like perfectly fine at home, being a hermit with the kids and just being fine with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the part of what you said is I think probably widely true. This idea that you'll, when you go places and you meet people with, let's say common interest or some common enthusiasm, it does make building a friendship pretty easy. Uh, so everywhere I've been, cause as you, as people listen to the show, I go surfing in remote places, but everywhere I go, I typically meet just a handful of people because I don't go to really populated places, but they're always nice. And then we always see eye to eye on probably a lot of things. Um, and you become buddies, uh, just as you described. I've, I have friends that I still stay connected with, even though I've only physically been around them for, let's say, four days in our lifetime. And so that part is true. So it's like this idea of like, hey, if you're around people that have, let's say, high probability of common interest, you will likely meet someone that you're 
going to connect with. I think that is 100% true. Yeah. The one and adults thing that, don't do that very often without their that? kids. I say adults don't do that very often where you're like just going on a trip for multiple days without kids to distract you. Yeah. Where you're like, I'm just going to drop in with this person for or do three days thing, straight. <laughs> yeah, or do the thing that you're most interested in. Yeah. So like whether you're a snowboarder or you're a hiker or you're someone who wants to see the arts, it doesn't matter what it is that you want to do. Some people mm-hmm. tour cities, like historic cities. People do triathlons. It does. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter really what you do, right? So I agree. If you're around adults without children, and then that's why that's why I was thinking. You know, I always think to myself for um, like if you could if you had to roll back time, mm-hmm. and you were let's say were a working single person and you wanted to meet a partner, right? Because that's this, this is reality of life. A lot of people in their twenties or thirties that want to meet someone else that they want to maybe start a life with. This idea of going to like bars and clubs. Uh-uh. Dude, if that's really not what you're into, why would you ever find someone you like doing that yeah. thing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like, then I'm like, I'm even trying to think about how to date by doing it. If you're not using the apps, like I use the app, but if you're not doing that, I'm like, even though I like, I think working you gotta do the selfish thing. Well, not selfish, but like the thing that you just said, like investing in the things you're most interested in. I guess crossing yeah. your fingers, hope you meet someone that shares that hobby. Yeah, yeah, that's right. As long as it's a hobby that someone can't get obsessed with because what I've seen a couple of girlfriends do is like find men at the gym. Cause you know, it's fun to go to the gym every once in a while. <laughs> and then meeting a man who's like there like two to three times a day. And she's like, Oh my God, he's there all the time. And I'm like, well, you didn't meet him in a gym. So that <laughs> means he was like, probably there quite a lot for you to meet him. And so yeah, finding things of like, are there areas that you can be aligned on, but could those areas also maybe move into other things? So maybe it's just like, general outdoors things but someone's not obsessive about something that you're like mm, this could put a damper on our relationship oh yeah so every hobby becomes a problem i think when you <laughs> spend too much time doing it yeah so yeah. like like i can't i don't know any girls that think that especially so i'm because i've grown up uh, a lot of my adult life in the software tech sector and the reality is gaming it's huge in this in this sector, mm-hmm. right? Game is huge everywhere, but it's particularly big in in I would say web devs and stuff like that. And uh, I've I've met girls that just complain all the time, like you know, all Nathan does is games. Like I don't know what do you expect, like you know what I mean? Like these guys are logging like hours gaming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> super super. In my opinion, weird because uh, I can't stand games. No, I get bored I mean, so fast. Yeah, no, no, I don't. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting way to definitely meet adults in the real world. I want to show you actually though, this artwork, just to give you an but, example of what I mean. So while you're pulling that up though, but you mentioned loosely that you don't really go see art. But I do see this art. So look at this art that I'm showing you. Imagine someone putting yeah, this sculpture. up in a week, these sculptures, this thing here, things coming out of sand, lots of these cars Oh, these right are here. prefab though. I mean, they're prefabbed. Some of these aren't, some of these are created, they show, pictures no. and videos yeah like the things like this they will no have a whole way. build team out there yeah exactly this is what i'm saying this you're thing talking here, you're saying they're coming to the thing with yep. sticks like just straight lumber yep and cranes and straight lumber and they're literally building no, it and this they have, has to be prefab there's no way they could cut that in time just watch videos of how they're building these structures in the desert because i have a couple of them on instagram where they have like live video feeds showing them building especially this kind of structure and yeah the lumber some of it's probably cut up but they have cranes they have like saws out there they have a lot of equipment out there that they bring into the desert to put these kinds of structures up and 
like I said, I'm not normally into art, but I mean, when you're driving around a desert and you run into this like on fire or like this like metal thing that was there last year um, or just cars driving around with things on them, you know, with like fire coming out of the top, like the, all these things, people, some of them are shipped in, um, but they still have to be deconstructed and constructed. Like see how these like cranes and stuff are here. Yeah. These like, structures this is, are pretty bananas. I know. Oh yeah. This one was here last year. This woman, um, and some of them have like audio on it. Oh, like this one here, there was like a little kid inside of it and it was like audio saying like, hug me. And it's just so just different meanings. And I'll tell and this one right here too, is actually the little, the kid was standing right here in front of like a fake sweet. kid. That, that little, like, I don't know what that is, like a monster kind of deal. Your cursor's yeah. on right now. Yeah. So that's what, right, imagine a little like statue of a boy here and then it's just got audio and it has a whole story behind it. And so anyways, like this, I mean, this is what I'm saying where I'm like, yeah, I'm not into like maybe the traditional artwork of just like paintings on a wall, but whatever kind of artwork you would consider this, I'm uh, into it. <laughs> yeah. It's not quite sculpture, but it's like structural engineering. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And a lot of times they do save the ones that they can Well, they'll bring them back. And then like one of them, uh, one of the pieces of artwork is actually at a bar here in Austin. They brought it back and it's like, you know, the middle piece at this bar. Um, but anyway, so this is what I mean by that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty, that is pretty sweet. Yeah. So let, let me ask you a question. So the, the event, the event is, you said six days, seven days, eight days. How many days is the event? I mean, you can go longer, you can go early. And like right now people are there building our camp and getting everything together. Cause this camp we're going to this year's has more amenities. Whereas ours last year didn't, this one has a bunch of shade structures and it actually has like a little shower thing and just way more things. Um, but so you could go now and you could go for like two weeks, but we usually go in right when it opens on like Sunday or Monday and then we'll fly out on Friday. And you were mentioning the man being burned. That is like a tradition. It's not burning the whole time, but there is like this huge man structure and it's part of the tradition to like burn it. Um, and that's on Saturday. But sometimes we actually leave before then, which is kind of poo-pooed on because it's like the big ceremony. Um, but last year it took like eight hours for people to get out of there. And we skipped out a day early and got out right away because of the traffic. So so do people go there purely for fun, you think? Or do you think people are doing well, it? Well, it depends. Like Everyone's different. I mean, themselves so, or yeah, some people I would say like they're going there and you definitely see some like healing stuff like a guy we met last year in our camp his wife had died and he was just mm -hmm. on his own journey and i still know him he's yeah he's here in austin and like went there for just a solo healing journey he didn't go see the music and stuff with us he was more just like doing his own thing um and there's classes all day long there's different classes going on and so i know he was going to like different grief classes and like these are top experts that are holding these classes they're not just like random people um, where you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, people would pay like a lot of money to get into a room with this person normally or to be able to watch them. Um, so yeah, there's a whole, that one's actually official. It'll show a whole list of Burning Man classes that are just going on all throughout the day. And then I think it does also show all a list of the camps and like what they're offering. And so every camp's different. Like some camps have like foot baths where like your feet will start to hurt because you're in sand or whatever. So they have like foot baths and massages and cold plunges and uh, like, incense type of stuff and like you can just look through it yoga every single morning and so you can go through and be like that's the baking camp i'm gonna go get bacon this morning i'm gonna go get coffee at this other camp and so i mean it really feels like kind of like this 
yeah, just this environment where you can just be like, hmm, what do I feel like calling in today? And like, you can look at your little booklet or you can just go on an adventure and have no agenda at all other than just like finding fun. I mean, I've always, I, I, the way you describe it, something convinced me to go, but I also, I can, I, <laughs> I feel like I understand it more for sure. I can understand why people would want to go. But it's it's like anything else. When someone describes a hobby that you don't, it's foreign to you. A lot of times, people cannot conceptualize themselves doing that thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like for people yeah. that rock climb, it's like, ah, oh, dude, why would I do that? Or like you said, yeah. people that work out all the time, well, why would I do that? Or some of the things like I don't understand are, um, and this is a very common one. So when a lot of people say like they go places, they love to travel, or they love a certain city, and you ask them, well, what do you like to do there? And they name all these restaurants. Like, is all you doing is eating the whole time? Like, it sounds like all you do is eat. Yeah, I know <laughs> you like, have your I philosophy on eating. Yeah, it's like I don't want to go to a restaurant and eat all the time. Like, mm-hmm. like I actually don't like being at a restaurant at all. <laughs> See, and I like I like having some restaurant experiences where it's like, okay, I'm gonna go and get a pastry from here if I'm in that area and it's like known for that or like I'll try a coffee here and like I like the experiences of that. Steph, um, I know so few places to eat because I just don't. Yeah, I know you enjoy. don't. I'd like, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, but I do think it's interesting of like just, you know, where people are starting from and what they think is even yeah. acceptable to them or what they're open to. I mean, I have had so many people just be like very concerned for me, especially last year of like, why would you go there? Like, no, why I'm not you... concerned at all. Not you, but like yeah. just people who have ideas about it. And they're just like, why would you choose to do that? Why wouldn't you go to an all-inclusive vacation? Like, why would you choose? Oh, I hate those. Six... <laughs> I do too. I'm mean, like, no, that sounds boring. But like, why would you choose six or seven days to literally go off the grid where you don't even have like amenities and you can't even really shower? And like, tell me why, you know, you would choose that. And they just have all these preconceived ideas about what it is and then judgments about me for going. And so that's why I think this conversation's fun and funny because I've just gotten so much resistance from people because they have all these ideas of like what it is. And then when they hear about it, I'm like, actually, everything that you think, maybe it exists there. There's 80,000 people. So you'll probably find every bit of humanity yeah. out there in some form. Yeah. Probably. Like there's probably murderers in there. There's probably nah, crazy people. I don't think it's murderers, but there's definitely I don't people, know. If people think that there's like a swinging going on, I'm sure oh, that's happening. Yeah. yeah. Statistically, just imagine what happens in the real world. And I'm sure it's like, it's yeah. there. That's yeah. statistically, yes. And yes, there definitely are things happening like that. But I'm like, when people are like, did you find the orgy tent? I'm like, no, but I wasn't looking for that. But yeah. like, sure, I'm sure it's there. I know it's there, but like, it's not something I'm looking for. And like, for the most part, yeah. you're going to find the things you're looking for, which for me was bacon and coffee and fun and like loving people. <laughs> bacon, <laughs> coffee. bacon, coffee, and EDM. Mm, yeah. Putin, Katzen, Putin. <laughs> that's how my kids but, literally beatbox by the way they say boots and cats boots and cats and boots and cats that's what grayson does all the time there you go. it actually sounds, sounds pretty good, good. Hey, the three of them kinda, i'm like it's kind of good yeah there you go you can you can change it up many <laughs> many times yeah the uh the so i got some as you were um talking i started coming up with the random questions that kind of i would be interested in yeah you ready to do some yeah let's go all right how bad do you smell at the end of it Surprisingly, not bad. First of it's I know you you're bathing in dust. First, That's, you're bathing. You in are dust. chinchilla. Yeah, you're bathing in dust, and it's surprisingly. Someone told me that because I was like, our RV last year, we didn't have enough water in our RV to shower, and we're like, all right, we're just gonna go with it. But we were a couple of days in, and I was like, I'm still not smelly. And I don't even remember if I put on. Wait deodorant. a second, That's you saying that? No, like, I'm sure Jeremy an outsider, too. Jeremy, an outsider would say you stink. I think. I don't know. Usually, I feel like I can smell. I have a very strong 
knows and i especially but not since for not yourself others. most for people Jeremy, i do uh, but oh okay i got gotcha. you yeah i like i was around a lot of men like in our camp and like i feel like normally i i pick up on bo really quickly especially after having the kids like my sense of smell is like sadly really intense where it's like one little hint and i'm like ew gross what is that <laughs> it makes life more yeah. challenging yeah it does make life very challenging but so i didn't really like that wasn't a thing days into it and then we this is something outside, that people will be like, what the fuck? There's a group shower there. Yeah. Hundreds of people. Dr. Brahmers. Do you know that like soap brand? Yeah, Dr. yeah. Brahmers? It's like a Castile oil soap. Yeah. So Dr. Brahmers has this huge camp out there. And it's a group shower where basically everyone gets naked and they go through the shower and they take this soap and they spray everyone down with it. And you're trying to wash yourself really quickly. And then they take water and they're spraying you down with it. And that, even though it sounds wild to many people, was actually the most healing thing for my self-confidence after having kids and just seeing my body change the way it did and being like, oh, I don't want, you know, just feeling like insecure about it. And when you're around so many naked people, you go from like, at least as a woman, covering yourself up, being like, oh, I feel so like uh, weird about this. And then when you're waiting 30 minutes to get through this shower, you're like, I am what I am. This is me. I don't give a fuck. Like, this yeah, is just how it yeah. is. And it was just... Half the world has your same bits and pieces. Like, Yeah. Like, whatever. it really doesn't matter. And it's, <laughs> it was interesting seeing people from the U.S., like, how we were versus people outside the U.S. who, like, already didn't give a shit. Like, they're just like, yeah. this is my body. I went to... Um, when I went to... I went to a trip to Guadalupe before, which is an island in the Caribbean. It's a French island in the Caribbean. And uh, they had uh, topless beaches. And... <laughs> At first, I was like, dude, I'm about to, you know, see some action. Like, I'm excited. And then I get there and I'm like, the ugliest people on earth are naked. Like, this is not good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was, I was like, damn, this was not what I thought. <laughs> Just yeah, see some well, grandma with her boobies out. I'm like, damn. Like, <laughs> now you know, that's what you get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was not exotic, erotic at all. It was kind of. It was sad because uh, I think the average age of the topless woman in Guadalupe was like, you know, 55 plus. Like, I don't think there were many people under 50. And, uh, yeah, it was a, yeah, it was a rude awakening. Well, I mean, this one wasn't like that. It was all mixed. It was like, like I yeah, said, I'm anyone sure. from like sure. 20s up to like 80s. And you're yeah. just like, there's just so many at once where you're like, I don't know, you, you become very this like. This how we're built. Like, we're just humans. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it, that's the one time I did take a semi-short shower i wouldn't say it was like the most fulfilling one but it was like something and especially when you're not around any water and you're getting sure. sprayed for like five minutes you're like oh my god this is healing um so yeah there's your question no i did not experience many people smelling bad but i also think that dust actually does help okay so there is typically a moment in most people when they're in vacation where like uh i think i'm ready to go home mm -hmm. did that ever happen to you or were you it like you know, yeah. some people it's like day three, they feel like they want to go home, but then they have fun on four, five, and six. Like, I don't know. Yep. Did, at what day did you first think, maybe I should go home? Yeah, I would say at first when I got there, I was a little like overwhelmed because I was just like, I mean, this just so big. And you're like, I don't even know where to start, what to do, like how to prep. And so I think at first I was overwhelmed where I was like, oh my God, do I even belong here? And so that was the first moment where I was like, what did I do? And then thankfully we had someone from our camp last year like come and like help, you know, be like, here's what you need to do to your RV. And they kind of showed us the way, which after that was fine. And then when I got to day six, I think, um, it was just so dusty one night, like a dust storm had hit. And I think we accidentally left our windows cracked on the top part of the RV on like the one little window that it had, like a little vent thing that I didn't even see. 
And so we left it cracked. And I woke up and my whole nose was like clogged up with dust. <laughs> and I thought, I was like, I was falling back asleep and I was like, I actually just might die because I'm not a mouth breather. I was taught better than that. And so I might just die because my whole nose is clogged up with dust and I will not give in because my mom told me not to. And so that was the night where I was like, it's time to go because I really couldn't breathe. Um, so, and then the next day it was actually like the most beautiful morning because this big dust storm had hit and like cooled everything down. And the next day it was nice. And I was like, okay, our last day here. And it was really fun. But that night I was like, mm. okay. So you don't, you say you go into it, um, you know, you have what you have and you're kind of, it sounds like depending on the kindness of strangers to, um, yep. to give you stuff. Yep. What day, at what day, if it happened at all, did you run out of your own personal supply of food? So we actually, well, because our camp, like we had a lot of our, the friends that we were around, mm -hmm. everyone had extra things. And so for the most part, just our couple RVs that we had last year, we brought too much food because when you're out okay. in the desert, we kind of underestimated that like, you're really not that hot or heat, that hungry. Heat doesn't make you hungry. No. That's, and so just like cold makes you hungry. Yeah. Yeah. One meal a day was fine. And then just like beef jerky and snacks and like hydration and that's it. Um, and so, yeah, we had too much food where we ended up taking all our food and giving it to like the camps next to us. And we had too much. Yeah. We had extra water with us that we ended up giving away too. So we had too much. Um, but now we know this year, like we're not really packing that much food and okay. it's making it easier. <laughs> okay. What time would you say you would wake up well, depends on, if on, I... an, on, on an average day? Just yeah. say. It depends on range. the day. I mean, if we were out all night, if we were out till like three or four in the morning, I mean, because some nights you're just out and you don't know what time it is. It's just really dark. You don't have phones with you. Sure. And you're just like, everything is neon. So imagine looking out into a black desert and there's just neon everywhere because everyone's bikes are lit up. All these art cars are lit up. You've got these DJs everywhere in different areas of the desert. And so it just looks like a big neon circles everywhere. And so you would stay out and sometimes it'd be like 3 a.m., which I go to sleep at 8 p.m. Dude, I got major Cinderella syndrome. Like, yeah. When it hits midnight, I got to go. Like, I can't yeah. be out past midnight. Me too. <laughs> and so there was a couple nights though where I was like out and I looked, you know, I asked someone like what time it was. I was like, oh my God, 3 a.m. I literally have not done this since I was like 21. I need to get back. Um, but so yeah, if I went to bed at like 3, then I'm up at 11, you know, the next day. I'd say, yeah. 10 or 11 but what i want to do this year is actually get up earlier because the morning time like going out on your bikes before it gets hot and looking at the different sculptures that's what our other half of our camp did and i'm like oh that was smart i want to do that so i need to be a little more responsible this year okay so then this is my next question what is music playing in the morning because it's playing 24 hours a day but well, like i don't know if i could sleep like that but off not in your camp though so sure, like you have this camp distance. of eighty thousand people but then out in the desert, in the playa part, that's where there's always music playing. And so you've got people playing at 5 a.m. sunrise. You've got people playing at 12 a.m. like all day, all long. Um, literally, <laughs> and you can't hear it really. Like you can't hear it in your camp. It, that's how far away it is. We are literally like, okay. it takes you a while to bike out of our camp. Like if, yeah, especially if you're in the center. Yeah, it escaping. Yeah. It takes a, there's like, there's I no say, walls anywhere, so it's escaping. Yeah, like, I think it takes, from where we were last year, it would take us 20 minutes to get out of the camp into the playa. By bicycle? Yeah, e-bike. So that's a few miles. Yeah. It's a few yeah. miles away. Okay. And then you're out into the desert and then you go even farther and maybe bike another like 10 
15 minutes to maybe get out to where that DJ is playing at. So like okay, the distance so is very large. How do they run power to all this stuff? They bring generators back. All these yeah, generators. People have generators. Um, you know, Greta Thunberg. If she finds out about Burning Man, she'll be pissed. So I don't pissed. know if it's all generators though. I actually don't know. That's a good question because they do have like power lines on the bottom part that hook up different RVs. But I don't know where it's coming from. I should look. I wasn't very uh, aware last year. Don't let, like, don't let Greta find out about Burning know, Man. Right? She's gonna be so angry. Maybe she should so, go and chill the fuck how out. Dare you? <laughs> Maybe she'll you know see her true self if she's out there. I think she's found herself. <laughs> Maybe. You never know until you do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can say for sure hearing I can I have a better understanding of the event. As I've said with anybody's hobby, I always think, hey, listen, and, and you know, everyone's gonna like their own thing. I'm don't try to judge hobbies. Am I convinced? No. But who Maybe should go? Well, I mean, I, I don't I don't I would not have a good time. I know I would not. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Don't go then. I think yeah, I would yeah. say it's only for people. But who, who are... should? That's why my question for you: Who would you recommend go? Because mm. that's if someone's never been, and I want people on the fence. Obviously, yeah. people who want to go are going to go, or people who desire to go, they'll eventually buy our ticket. Yeah. So I always think there's like there's only three camps of people, right? Never. Yeah. Yes, and then the middle is on the fence. So if yeah. someone's on the fence, and their personality looks like this, you would say, jump and buy this ticket. What would you say? Yeah. I would say moms, for one. Moms, interesting. Moms never, and that's like my big group of people out there, moms never get true time off, even if they're kind of off, like they're still on in their head. Even mm -hmm. if they're away from their house, they're still on. They're like, oh, I'm an hour away. I could go like check back in if I need to. Even if you're at a retreat and it's like a couple hours away, you still are on. And so I think this was the first time that I was able to turn off my mom brain ever. And I really had to have like full trust and like my kids are fine. They're taken care of, and there's nothing I can do anyway. So it's just like full trust, and like they're good. Um, so I think it's it was very powerful, especially seeing a couple you know new moms, who maybe their kids were like a year and a half, two years, where they've been like in it for a whole year, getting out there, and just having a, the first time. I mean, they're like, well, I got better sleep out there than I have in a whole year, which is like really? if you get better sleep in the desert and like an RV, with like you know, anyways, smelly people everywhere, yeah, well, <laughs> and dust, yeah, but. See, I think really powerful for that. Um, anyone who's on the fence who's been scared because of scarcity mindset, like there's a lot of people where they're like, oh, I'm, I'm afraid I'm gonna like run out of things. Like I've never gone off the grid before. I've never not been near a grocery store or whatever. Like those kind of people, I think if that's the reason that you're being held back, um, I think that's a really good one to like mm, trust in the process, the people, the community, like going with a group and asking for support. And that was like the big thing I saw, like, hey, I'm a newbie. Tell me what to do. What do I buy? Send me the whole list. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm totally fine not knowing what I'm doing. And like just leaning into that, like asking for support thing. Um, so yeah, if you're on the fence about being scarce with things and that's why you're not going, you're scared, which quite a few people I run into are just scared. Like it sounds hmm. interesting. but Like I'm just, that's the only thing holding them that's back the only thing. they're scared? Yeah, they're just scared because they're wow. just scared of like scarcity. Um, that's a big one that I think you should jump and do it. And the third group of people I would say is people who feel like they hey, oftentimes are in a role where they're being very like buttoned up. They have to posture. They have to come off in a certain way. They really have to like, you like know, they're accountants. Accountants. Are you just people where they're <laughs> like, yeah, but like people who are like, man, I've never really just gone to a place where my job doesn't matter. My money has no value, actually. Like no one gives a fuck about my money and how much I make and what my job is and my title and where I work and where I went to school. Like no okay. one cares. 
Okay, so it sounds like I'm going to summarize that. Like, <laughs> if you feel like societal pressure is like kind of like weighing you down, the, yeah. you're in the battle of the Joneses, this might be a great place to visit. Yeah, because no one will ever ask you where you work. No one. <laughs> like, no one Interesting. cares. Interesting. That I, is such Because in, uh, in general life, that's yep. like often the maybe the first, the first question. four questions. Yep. All these people I met, I went super deep with of like, I felt like we are family. And then I got back here in Austin and I'm like, oh, wait, you're what? You have what company? You're doing this thing. You're, you know, you're a teacher. Like it was just, we didn't even talk about that out there because it just wasn't normal to ask like what you do. And so there was people there that I would have thought were millionaires of how they were just acting and then not. And then people who I would have thought were like, you know, Hobos. yeah. And they're like, not, and they, <laughs> they have like, you know, $500 million companies and you're like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, and so that's something where I just think it was very interesting watching that shift where, yeah, I'd say if you're either used to that kind of like conversation that really, I'd say surface level conversations where, and that's how you flex or that's what you're used to people asking you. And you're like, oh, I'm just looking for depth. that's not around that. This is a good place to be able to just lean into a different side of yourself and really learn how to connect in a different way. That's not just based off of like similar job titles or schools you went to. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I still haven't figured out a way to. Well, not figured out. It's just such a common question to ask. What do you do? Yeah, I know. So imagine like meeting like, well, not you. You would be maybe two people. Imagine me <laughs> meeting like maybe a hundred people that I'm like, these people are amazing. Not one person even knew what I did until we got back to Austin and they followed me on Instagram or something. And they're like, or, you know, LinkedIn, whatever it was. And they're like, oh, wow. Okay. That's cool. Didn't even know that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not against meeting people. It's just that in general, it's not like a, it's not a thing. You know what I mean? Like I don't really go out of my way to meet people, but I also don't feel alone. I know some people feel like lonely or like their lives mm -hmm. are empty. I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't feel that way. Um, yeah. I'm nothing against people. I just, maybe general, when your kids are out of the house, you'll be like, oh, Steph, remember that thing I bet called Burning Man? I know. I bet you I'll be bored for sure. I'll be bored. Uh, when my kids are out of the house, I was thinking about that recently. Um, or our show's up running long, but uh, I forgot what I was doing, but I didn't have anything to do that day. And I was just like, dude, this is not fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wait, how many years till they're out of the house? So my son is, will be out of the house in four and a half years. Mm -hmm. So he'll, he'll, if, if let's assume 18 is the number and they go to college and stuff. So um, my son is, will be out of the house in four and then my youngest will be out in 10. And so it's like 10 years. That sounds really far, but I also know it'll it'll be here before I can blink. Yeah. All right. You know so I mean? then now I know in 10 years, I'll recruit you to Burning Man. Now that's my deadline. I have 10 years. And then on that 10th year, you'll be lonely <laughs> and sad, empty nest. I don't think I'll be, be like, lonely, okay. though. We'll find out. I'll, yeah, I don't think I'll be lonely. I think, I'll, I, think I will end up my 53-year my plan, meaning when I turn 53, is number one, I want to move closer to the water. It says mm -hmm. it's easier to do when, of course, school systems don't matter, right? Yep. And so I want to move closer to the water. And I think I will have, like, so this sounds crazy. It's not crazy, actually. Um, but I kind of enjoy people in the fitness community. I get along pretty good with them, uh, even though I myself am not that fit. But they give me a goal to shoot for. Um, so I could see myself, <laughs> someone said, would you own a gym? Uh, whoa, own a gym? No, I don't. Gyms have the worst hours known to man. They have to be early in the morning, later in the afternoon or evening, and nothing in the day. Like, that sounds terrible. 
I would just work at one. Just be like, you be making minimum wage? Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> they're like, oh, I just so work funny. here so I have friends. They're like, don't you, you know what I mean? Like people are like, I, 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 I see myself as someone who wants some problems. I need problems in my life because like I think people that retire too early, they, it's really unfulfilling, right? So I, I can see myself working like some part-time jobs where I encounter some challenges, but not too many. I don't want to bring anything home. Like, I'm just like, dude, <laughs> like the well, problem was solved before I left. <laughs> there you have it. All right. Well, this was awesome. Thanks for asking all the questions. And then, you know, when I get yeah, back, I can come back and say. Thank you for enlightening me about letting me. I just thought it was like a bunch of acts. Like, well, maybe I'm confusing Burning Man with Coachella. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, but. you might have been, which, yeah, I've never been to Coachella, but I heard. But I might have blended like them. I might have okay. blended them and thought they were the same thing. But, uh, but know. I always thought it was about the music. So you're telling me it's not. It's just about everything. The living everywhere, like the, all at once. Being, that makes no sense. But because <laughs> you're clearly there. Because if you were everywhere all at once, I could just be in my house and <laughs> envision oh. myself at Burning Man. So oh. it's just about living with other people that are kind. I don't know. In the dust. Well, I'll let you know when we get back. Maybe we'll do an episode of like what was different this year and Listen, my craziest experiences. I want you to buy a chinchilla. Okay. Buy it for me. That's your new Ship pet. It to me. So you're always going to have the memories of Burning Man. I imagine you petting it like on your show. Well, with that, thanks everyone for tuning into our extra long episode. I hope that was any bit interesting. And uh, we will see you all next week. And if you find Stephanie out at Burning Man, she'll give yes. you $10. Well, no, I won't have money. I'll give oh. them a positive affirmation and a smile. <laughs> Damn, that's uh, not an incentive at all. <laughs> it might be for the right people, especially yeah, these avid that's true. Uh, that's people true. following me, like that that's one dude on TikTok. That's probably true. listening. That's true. Okay, exactly. get some positive affirmation. She'll be out there running around. See you there. See you there. Not me. <laughs> Bye. Hey, listeners, thanks for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps spread the word, and I would greatly appreciate it. See you next time.